Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 50 of the Seas Show. Wow, this is this is a huge milestone for me, guys. Um, I was I was always anxious to get to episode 50. I never knew when I was gonna get there. But I'm finally here now, and I'm excited to share this fun-filled episode for you. Uh, might not be as long as my other episodes, but then again, I always say that, and it'd be over an hour. So bear with me, guys. You know what I'm saying? I hope you enjoy every uh, episode that I release. I hope it's good content for you guys, and you know, continue just to support, um, and I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? So just to recap with you guys, um, last episode, episode 49, uh, me and Trey were up here, and we literally just talked about uh, the end of the season, you know, you know, ending and then also our first round um, predictions. So we got some of our first round predictions right um, and got some of them wrong too. But for the most part, with who won each series, we were pretty on point, um, except for I would say two I was wrong with. I was wrong with, uh, I thought the Spurs were going to win in seven. They actually did go to seven, but they lost. Um, and then I thought the OKC Thunder, uh, you know, just mixed with what PG was going to have, well, PG had of a season, his MVP type of run, and then, you know, Russ, you know, breaking insanity, doing another uh, third year of triple-double. I thought they were going to find their way to win in game seven, but they lost in five, but that was crazy. Um, but I'm just excited, you know, first round's gone, it's been exciting. I know LeBron won't there, but I feel like this, this year has been pretty damn exciting. Um, obviously, there was a lot of, you know, lopsided series, but it was, it was just fun-filled. The first year without LeBron since 2005, like, I, I think the NBA put on a show and and all, and all the superstars that are still, you know, in the playoffs right now are doing their thing. So I'm um, excited to talk about a little game one. I mean, round one matchup and then our, you know, our round two predictions as well, too. Um, but without further ado, I would like to introduce my boy, Trey. So, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, Trey. Situations will arise in our lives, but we're gonna be smart about it. Celebration. Oh, with the guys I sacrifice, but I knew you could not sleep without it. Meanwhile, I, I got the little falsetto. I loved you, bro. I'm hitting that note. Something <laughs> crazy. Hey. How you doing, man? Man, cooling, bro. Cooling. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I wanted, I wanted round one to be over with so I can get straight to another episode. But uh, you, you been good, man? I've been, uh, I've been blessed, bro. Like I've been grinding, and I can't complain for much, much more. So everything is where it should be. Everything's happening how it should be, and I'm just uh, excited, bro. And you know, you know, we had the little thing uh, last weekend, bro. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Let's tell the eyes about this. So we uh, obviously we're from we're based in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, we from VA, so we got to see yep. Pharrell put on his first annual um, music festival called Something in the Water, three day event um, from the 26th to the 28th. Uh, it was amazing, you know. What I'm saying a lot of notable artists came out. Um, there was a lot of different events. You know, you had. Um, Sunday service for Sunday, you know, if, if you're religious or even if you're not, if you're interested in it, you can go to that. Uh, I think Kirk Franklin pulled up for a little bit. Uh, uh, who's Mike up? There was Adidas. The Adidas had their little basketball court over there. They had like a little skills challenge, a little dance off. You make flip flops, bro? You make flip? You make anything? I didn't make anything, bro. Man. Look at my feet. Look at fire. I made some custom slippers. It. Was that at Adidas? At the Creator Park, yeah. See, I didn't even get to go there because my friends were just on that BS. But next <laughs> time, I'm going to just say, you know, I don't care what you guys want to do. I'm going to just go do that. Uh, but, yeah, there was so much things to do. Um, and, and it was just fun feel. You know, a lot of, you know, artists I, you know, grew up listening to were all there. You know, we heard, obviously, Pharrell. Uh, Chris Brown was there. Janae Aiko was there. Pusha Ron was there. Pusha T uh. was there. Jay-Z pulled up, oh. which was crazy. Charlie Wilson was there, too. Anderson Pack was there, too. SZA oh. was there, too. Like, the line went on and on and on. The only thing Breezy. that I didn't like about it was Friday, it rained a lot. Uh, so all of the artists that were supposed to set to perform, they didn't get to perform, um, and they actually canceled everything. So um, the good news is everyone did or is within seven to ten business days getting thirty three percent back. Um, so that's go. good. But you know, for Ferrada, a lot of people, you know, kept saying that this was going to be a shit show, going to be a disaster. It's going to be fights that break out. Police were going to get involved. It's going to be a little bit of brutality, a lot of chaos. But for this to be his first ever event, it was pretty damn successful. Yeah, it was amazing, man. Uh, just from the whole perspective of 
oh, you can't have anything like that at the beach. This is the first time it's going to happen. Like, look and see what, like, look at College Beach weekend from the past years. What has it been? And whatever like that. But um, he put on for the city. He uh, did something for each one of us. And it, and it felt like home. It felt like a homecoming. It felt home. Life. Yeah, you yeah. felt like you were at home. And it's just like you felt safe. You felt like it was a good time more than anything with all the acts and just the environment. You know, and Pharrell, every time I saw him making a speech or just talking, he was just talking about the good energy, the good vibes, and just creating something more than a festival. And I felt like it was more than a festival. It was just something that united Virginia as a whole and, you know, something that was huge for the 757 and huge for Virginia Beach that a, a, a black man from the 757 came back home and put on. So, hey, shout out to Pharrell, man. Couldn't yeah. ask for anymore. And it was just inspiring, too. Like, I know I have a lot of different, you know, aspirations, you know, um, in my life that I want to accomplish before I leave this earth, but he definitely wants me to. He definitely inspires me. Like one of my one of my big things, not only give back to the community, but obviously he gave it back to the community with this event too. But I want to do something of that nature where I just gather a whole bunch of people together. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but when my time comes, it's going to come. Um, what's cool is I think they signed a contract, so I think for the next three years three on years. a yearly basis, they're mm. going to have another something in the water festival. So. Yep. I'm really trying to think who can top, you know, Hoes. these performances. But um, you just have you have a lot of people that are like coming up. You have a lot of people that are probably be regular. Like I feel like push up perform. Yeah, mainly mainly every year. Yeah. But it's like it's only up from here. I mean, he it's got Kanye in his here, back yeah. pocket. You know, Pharrell's one of those guys that probably like in high school, but definitely in like the music industry, you could like if there was like a yearbook and superlatives, he'd be voted best all around. You yeah. know. Like he he does it all. He does the music thing, the dun 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 dun. Like all like his his signature beat count, his fashion, his uh, attention to detail when it comes to different aspects of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody to look up to if you're creating anything, anything, you know. So more more power to him, and yeah, more power to the seven cities, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. I see I see that you brought some wine here, some red wine. You know I like red wine. Oh, I appreciate oh, it, man. Of course. Is cream cream sherry. Is it cream sherry? Like what, what is sherry. that? The cream sherry. <laughs> Fairbanks cream sherry. A proud sponsor. Mm. Now we're not sponsored by it, but you know one some, day. <laughs> one day, man. Somebody hook us up. But um just something something to uh, really get get us going. So Okay. Yeah, definitely. I'm here for it. I'm lit. Bye bye. Cool. So you, you ready for you ready for the topics for today? I'm ready to talk about Dame, but but we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> definitely, definitely wait for that. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna recap really quickly. Um, you know our first round, uh, you know matchups that we had, and then we're gonna go straight into round two. Uh, so we just briefly touch on everything. Uh, it's not gonna be that much in depth. Probably just the rest of Dame one. You know, excited for that. But uh. Spurs Nuggets, you know, I was I was here with you, and um, obviously I'm a diehard Spurs fan, and, you know, I just thought with, you know, Coach Pop, um, his expertise, his pedigree, uh, mixed with those veterans up there, and, and they're just their playoff pedigree, I thought, you know, that the, the Nuggets were going to be the ones to lose because they never even been to the playoffs, at least this core hasn't been to the playoffs. Um, obviously, they were the higher seed, um, and they pretty much won out in at their uh, in home. I think the Spurs stole game one. Then after that, you know, it really kept going back and forth. But um, credit to the Nuggets, man. Credit to the Nuggets. Um, I kind of underestimated them, but the depth that they have, um, that starting five and, and the Joker in the middle um, doing everything, it, it was just crazy. So I was a little shocked. Um I really wanted the Spurs to win, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm saying, you know, the higher the higher seed's supposed to win. Um, that I don't really have that much to say about the series itself. Um, it is promising though. Um, I really do like um, the young talent on both sides, and it just makes me think like the Nuggets are gonna be pretty good for years to come. And, and there's some players that don't even play, like Michael Porter hasn't even touched the court yet. Coming out of high school, he was compared to KD. Um, and he, I think he only played, like, what, one game in college? Or maybe no games in college. I can't even remember. So imagine when he gets ready um, and then their young players just keep developing. Like, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in a couple of years. But uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, just that matchup itself, if you have anything to say at all? Uh, I think when I'll give us a shout-out because it did go seven series. I mean, seven, seven games. So, uh that was a, a decent prediction. I think it, it's a telltale time for both teams. One, the Spurs are getting their coach back for a three-year. I think Craig Pop just signed a three-year deal with the Spurs. Yeah. Um, the Nuggets 
kind of, you know, taking a page from the Spurs playbook. Like, they're a solid team. They are, they're building their core. I feel like they're, they're here, like you said, they're here to be around for a little bit. Um, that last game seven, it was kind of interesting because, you know, Brad Pop in the interview was saying, like, of course I was saying the foul. Like, what do you think? I can see this. And you think me. the Nuggets would be the ones to do that if roles were reversed. But yeah. and the fact that the Spurs are veterans, I really thought, you know, I, I, mean, I mean, I know the I know in Denver in general, that's a hard place to play at. But being a veteran there, the whole goal is to win, even if you're down four or whatever, like foul and see what, see what can the game. happen from there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so maybe a mental error that might have cost them a chance to win, but all in all, like the the Nuggets have been the most consistent team or the most consistent young team in the yeah. conference all, all season, and they deserve that win. Uh, Greg Pop coached his, his tail off. They had some big games uh, here and there. You know, the Spurs are always going to play good basketball until, you know, until until wheels fall off, and they – they do that. They match up with their opponents very well, no matter what. And, you know, the Nuggets pulled it out. So we'll see uh, how this uh, this Portland-Denver series goes. So For sure. For sure. Um, then from there, too, uh, you had Raptors-Orlando. Um, now, I called a sweep. Uh, I think I called a sweep. Did I call a sweep? I can't remember. If Raptors I think I said five games. I think I called a sweep. I'm pretty I sure I, I called a sweep. sweep. Um, so the Raptors won in five games. And what was crazy was – uh, the Raptors are notorious, <laughs> notorious for losing game one. Bro, um, what? I, 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 I was talking ish about. about. I, I should have probably, you know, guessed they were going to lose game one. And what the, what stood out the most is probably the fact that Kyle Lowry had zero points. Like, how are you going to be an all-star year after year and score zero points in the game? I roasted him on Twitter. Like, even if bit. he scored four points, they would have won the game. Yeah. You know I wasn't happy with him after that one. I, I wasn't just, happy at all. I was not happy at all. I was like, yo, are, are you nervous? Like, you have been here for a long time every single year. Like, you cannot go scoreless. And it was crazy. I was like, all right, when he went, when he got fouled, I was like, all right, he at least going to make one free throw, brick both of them. Like, you can see in his eyes, like, he was not mentally locked in there. So I'm um, happy he got over that hurdle because at the end of the day, the Raptors only lost by three points because DJ Augustin had the, the game of his career. Um, crazy. And at that point, too, looking back at it, it kind of made sense why they stole that game because Marc Gasol just got acquired through uh, a trade deadline. Yeah. So when the pick and roll happened, he didn't know if he had to go up to him or stay back, and it was a miscommunication. So that's something that they touched the bone. They ended up winning the next four straight. Kawhi and Siakam um, looked great. I'd be kind of I'd be trying to size them a little bit. So sometimes I'd be like, all right, like this could be like the little MJ Scotty Pippen <laughs> pairing right now because Kawhi is just on the tear right now. I feel but like Kawhi's getting better at the playoffs going. Yeah, there was a move where he crossed over, spun, or crossed over Hezzy and then spun mm-hmm. in this new in this series against the. They're playing the the Bucks. No, I'm tripping. They're playing the. Right now? Yes. Oh, Philly. They're playing Philly. And yeah, he yeah. crossed over, Hezzy, then spun. And it was the cleanest move I've seen in a while. Like, Kawhi moves like he was programmed to move that way. Like, yeah. all, all robot jokes aside. But dude's a, a, a such a clean basketball player. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take extra dribbles. He doesn't do anything extra. He does what's meant to be done. And he doesn't efficiently. It's crazy. So, yeah. And, <sighs> and what's crazy is, like, I'm, I'm proud of Pascal Siakam. Like, this year uh, – well, I think uh, I think his first three seasons or the, the season before this season, he averaged like I want to say eight or nine points, and then he jumped up all the way to sixteen. Um, then his field goal percentage is about fifty four percent, and he's shooting like thirty eight percent from three. So, credit to him because um, I knew that was going to be the biggest factor for them because you already know what Kawhi's going to do on a consistent yeah. basis. But my biggest thing going into the series and in the playoffs in general was like who was going to be that number two option, but he's proved it damn near all season long. And it's crazy how there's certain players that up their level of play in the playoffs and then there's certain players that kind of play at that same level or play yeah. down to what they're capable of. Um, and he ups his level, like I said, 16 for the year. And I think in the playoffs he's averaging like 23, 24 points right now um, and shooting over 50% from the field. So if he just keeps that mentality, um, it's going to look bright for him. And I, and I said, too, um, Kawhi would kind of be a fool to leave, man. You have this young town around. I feel, I feel like this is actually the perfect team built for him. Yeah. The amount of two-way players. And then he just needs that one other dude that can get his bucket at any time. And I feel like Siakam's really emerging into that right now. Um, so 
it's going to be interesting. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Rockets Jazz, not that much to say for real, for real. Last year they lost in five. This year they lost in five. <laughs> and I already knew going into it, like the Rockets just had too many offensive weapons <laughs> to one weapon, which was Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, it just – yeah, he, he he did his thing, you know what I'm saying? He he did his thing, but at least he won a one game. But I already knew. Well, I actually thought it was going to go like six. I think I, th- I think I said Rockets in six, but when you can't score on a consistent basis like that, like it's going to be really hard. So um, right now it's just like, yo, who – and it sucks because I, I always I always tell you this and tell other people, it's like small markets like a Milwaukee, like a Utah, uh, like a San Antonio, uh, like a Phoenix or whatever. It's, hard to get other it's really hard to get other players to come over there unless they're on a down part of their – they're on a the latter part of their prime um, or they get traded over there as well yeah. too. So it's like, damn, like you guys make the playoffs every year, so you're not going to get a high draft round pick. I mean, draft pick. So like who – would be that person to fill the void or at least help Donovan Mitchell, at least get to the second round, you know what I'm saying? Um, you have to do that through draft, and they're too high of a, like, uh, they're too good of a team to really yeah, do that. They so have to make it like a blockbuster trade. Blockbuster trade. Yeah, like a big um, time. But we'll see, I mean, it, you know, he's about to, apparently he's about to work out with D-Wade this offseason, so he kind of reminds me of D-Wade a little bit too. Um, but we'll see what's good with that. Um, and, and that's really all I have to say. There's really nothing to talk about with that series right there. Um, Boston Pacers, we all knew Victor Oladipo wasn't going to be there. Um, I thought that the Pacers were going to at least win one or two games because they've been pretty damn consistent all year. But at the end of the day, like, all those games are pretty damn close. And when you don't have your go-to superstar player at the end of the stretches, you're you're bound to to fail. Um, And who came through for the Celtics every time? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie. (laughs) Kyrie. You want to be the what? You want to be the star player, <laughs> Kyrie. I forgot about that. But, yeah, man, the Celtics definitely, uh, they they looked like they were in sync. I mean, obviously they had their drama the whole year. Um, but I feel like they're one of those very few teams that can flip the switch. And, obviously, last year they got to the conference finals. And then when you have Gordon Hayward, who's sort of looking like himself now, and Kyrie Irving, who's having one of his career years, um, you add those two back, mixed with that DNA they have right there, and Brad Stevens, like – I yeah. think they finally put their products out and, and and they agree, yo, let's go get this. And they play together. Um, they they play sound defense. They're moving the ball pretty. Um, and like I said, whenever it was a close game, Kyrie just did what he had to do. Um, and, and I loved it. And I, and I loved it too. And I feel like that really fueled them going into the second round against the Bucks because unlike the Bucks, and we'll talk about this later, the Pacers, even though they didn't have a superstar, they were like a top five rated defense um, in the NBA all year. So what better way to prepare you than that grittiness right there, too? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so props to the Pacers. Um, Oladipo, uh, prayers going up to you to come back to a speedy recovery. Hopefully you can come back at some point next season. Come back strong. Um, He's going to come back strong. Yeah, if he was there, man. Depot 2.0. That, that, that could have won at least seven games. Um, I really love Oladipo, and I think right now the Pacers need to try to make a move to get another free agent over there too. And I thought small market um, team, small market team was going to be get, tough. They didn't even get TV, TV play during the season. But you got to think about this right now. I think what they're missing is a high-caliber point guard because Collis is not going to cut it. Tyreek Evans is kind of like a combo. Would you say he's a combo right now? John Wall? No. <laughs> John Wall's stuck. He's stuck. You know, you know he's stuck in D.C. for, for a break. For unless they decide to trade him, I don't see anyone picking him up unless he comes back, which will probably be next season or towards the end of towards the end of next season or next next season because what do you he, – he, towards Achilles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see him playing yet unless he's on some boogie stuff, but they're just two different type of players. But – I would love to see Kemba Walker play alongside Oladipo. Do you think that would work? Kemba Walker play alongside Oladipo. You got Carlson right now. Um, I think Kemba Walker in that system with Oladipo, I think they would make some noise. That would be interesting. And, you know, Charlotte might be trying to get rid of Kemba, but Kemba's their it factor. But ah, And I feel like they should have enough money to sign someone, right? They don't have no big Honey. star player. You talking about Pacers? Yeah, yeah, they they could they could get somebody. Uh, small market again, so they probably playing Depot. They're probably playing. Uh, I think Depot's Miles still Dude. on his contract from OKC because mm. he got traded. He didn't re up. So big big summer for the Pacers. I think their highest paid player might be like Wesley Matthews, probably. 
Well, Miles, I think Miles Turner is Miles Turner. What, what year Miles is he? Turner. Third, fourth year. Yeah, so he's he's on the way out of his contract. Yeah, anyway, so Sabonis, like, big big time offseason for them. Yeah, so we'll see what good we'll, we'll see what's good with that. If not, I really like the culture that they're having here. It feels like their their core players are getting better um, every single year. So uh, we'll see what's good with that. Um, Nets Philly. Uh, at first, I I think I think I said five games or six games. Um, mm-hmm. It looked promising when the Nets came into Philly game one and just snatched their souls. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell's, I think, start off like one of eight from the field or something like that. Makes sense. Only person with sort of playoff experience was Jared Dudley, but it's Jared Dudley. Um, and that backcourt was looking dangerous. And I really thought after watching game one that it's gonna be scary. it was going to be scary. It's going to go seven games because the only true real on-ball defender that I see there that can guard guards is probably Jimmy Butler. Okay. I feel like Ben Simmons uh, and then Tobias Harris, they're more so guard three like through the three, five position. Through five. And obviously, Joel Embiid is just going to guard your five unless he gets switched on to a smaller person. J.J. Redick is just a liability on defense. So I thought Dinwiddie, um, is it Levert? Yeah. Dinwiddie, Levert, and D'Angelo Russell are just going to have their way, which they kind of did. But I at the end of the day, Philly's firepower was crazy. Like, like, Philly's firepower White was Scott OD. emerging, like hitting shots D. like he was. OD. You know, that's what they read up for, though. Like, that's what they made the trade for. Yeah, and then Allen, like, he's a, he's going to be good in a couple of years. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is going to be, but Joel B is just bigger than him. Like, he was yeah. bullying him there, and they were bullying the backup, too. So there's not that much you can do, but their youth really showed, especially when they could have tied the series 2 2. Uh, when Allen had the ball, and I think he got like kind of trapped near, um, was in there like the restriction restricted area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he didn't know what to do with it, and he kind of lost it. Then after that, the game was over. But I think if D'Angelo Russell could go back in time, he would definitely have made a different play. Um, and right now, actually, we're watching Portland Denver game two right now. Someone just fell on the floor. Uh, Don't know who that is. Toronto kid, right? No, uh, that's not Toronto kid. Anyways, um, yeah, Philly. Had too much firepower. Uh, the Nets are on the rise. And one thing I loved about this series is if you're a marquee free agent like a Kawhi Leonard, uh, like a Jimmy Butler, uh, like a Klay Thompson, like a Kevin Durant, um, whoever, you're looking at this team and saying, oh, they're just like a piece a piece away. Um, and, I, and, I, and you think they can make some serious noise. They already got their backcourt secured. When I see their backcourt, I kind of think of like, D'Angelo Russell and and and, and Dinwiddie like a like a CJ McCollum okay, and like okay. a Damian Lillard. I like I, I like I love their backcourt, yeah. bro. They're just missing that two way type of player that can just get them over the hump because I like the foundation that they have. I would love to see KD go there. Um, I think that would be you dope for his legacy. Going there instead of the Knicks. I mean, if he was going to go anywhere, if well, it depends. Both of them can bring in two free agents. Okay. Um, I like the coach over there, and like I said, I like the young talent over there compared to what the Knicks have. Now, if the Knicks can bring another free agent, let's say Katie goes there with Kyrie Irving, and they happen to draft, let's say, Zion Wilson get the number one pick, I would actually trade Zion Wilson for, like, AD and have that big three and just try to fill the roster. That would be OD. Um, But I feel like from from a basketball standpoint, if you can't bring no one along with him, I'm going to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's right there. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, they have a, they have better pieces already set for them to thrive right now. Okay. So if I'm him, I'm I'm definitely probably going to Brooklyn if I went to a New York market itself because you're still gonna have the same endorsement. You go, you're gonna you're gonna get your endorsements regardless yeah. in that market. Big big money in New York. So hey, hey, we'll see what's good with that. Um, Bucks Pistons really not that much to talk about. Uh, Giannis. Watched. Prove why he's one of the MVP candidates. The Bucks been one of the best teams all year long. Um, top ranked offense and defense. Um, best three point three point shooter team, obviously this year as well too. New coach, you surround the Greek freak for shooters. Like you have no chance, especially when you the Pistons and Blake Griffin hurt his knee. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And we were talking about That's that too. Knee I was telling too. you about that too. I was like, yo, like Blake Griffin might not play. At first, I thought it was a joke, but damn. Um, but for him to come back game three, um, had this big ass brace on his knee. Yeah. Looked like it was like providing oxygen to his yeah, knee. Yeah, like, like that. Darth Vader type Darth stuff. Darth Vader type shit for your knees. For him to come back and at least try to, you know, do what he can do, like props to him. I felt like if he was fully healthy, I think they would have won at least one game. <laughs> yeah, but that's scary, man. Like, breaks always had knee problems, and you know, 
he's more than just an athlete. He's more than just a dunker. He first came in, and everybody was like, oh, he's a dunker. He's, like, expanding his game. But that's still the foundation of his game, being yeah. athletic and making those moves. And mm-hmm. at, at Blake's size, it's kind of scary. But... Woo. Shout out to the Bucks for getting that out the way. Yeah. Shout out to the Bucks for getting their monkey out the back game past the first round. And I really, I really want. I kind of. I mean, obviously Blake's not the player that he used to be, but he's redefined his game so much. I feel like you can actually build around him and put shooters around him too. So I think the Bucks need to make. Was it kind of a point forward kind of role? Point forward. I like him as a point forward actually, and I just feel like they should just rebuild that whole team because you're just gonna keep going to the first round and getting knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but. Props to the Bucks, Greek feet. You got the Celtics right ahead of you, so it's going to be crazy. Um, another thing I want to talk about just a little bit was the uh, Warriors and the uh, Clippers. Battle of California right there. Yeah. Um, pretty good series. I thought it was going to be a sweep, honestly, but um, I think game two. Was it game two or game one? What game What game did they win first? I think it was game two. Clippers yeah. won game, game one. Yeah, game one, the Warriors blew them out. Yeah. Game two, I think Clippers. Clippers were down as much as 30. And it was crazy because I fell asleep and something told me to wake up. It was <laughs> the fourth quarter like eight minutes ago. I think they were Come down back. Like 14 or 16. Lou Williams, Gallinari. Like Lou. And what's that dude? Uh, Montrezl Harrell. Harrell. He's Harrell tough. had a tough game. He's a He's dog. been tough since the Louisville days, though. He's a oh, dog. He did go to Louisville. He's a dog, bro. He's, He's been a, a dog. He's a dog, bro. Remember him in the NCAA? Like, killing yeah. it. Yeah. They had no answer for him because he was like, he was like Mo on like steroids. Like Montrez yeah. Harrell is just a, a, a beast. Like was, damn near seven foot tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. It was crazy because like they actually you kind of saw that old school vibe where the refs like really just let some shit rock. Like mm-hmm. Beverly was having his way for a little bit. It even got so bad to a point where um Golden State like had an open statement to the officials and the NBA saying like, yo, like the way the Garners ain't right and whatnot. Um, but that's another team, just how we just talked about Brooklyn, that's another team where you see what they have, and they're just like a star player two away too. So, um, if Kawhi decides to leave, which I think he should stay, um, I, I don't I don't mind him going over there right now too. And and damn, like I don't know if you sleep on him or not, but Lou Williams is tough. Yes, like I think he should be a starter. He can definitely be a starter in this league. But I get why he would come off the bench. You need that spark and whatnot, but. Just watching him close those two games that they won, um, and him just having his own way, that pick and that pick and roll action with him and um, what's the dude, big dude's name again? That I just said, Harold. Harold. Um, it was it was beautiful to watch. Um, so credit to Lou Will. You know, vet, man. he may go down as one of the best six men ever. And he's fighting for Jamal Crawford's spot right now. I would say so. Do you take him or Jamal in their prime or now? In their prime, Jamal Crawford. Got more body work, but Lou. I like Lou though. I like Lou. I like Lou. Uh, Who you going with? Uh, I feel like it's disrespectful to bet against Jamal. It is. Lou will give you a fifty point road road fast. I go with Lou. Like Lou was my initial answer. Lou, but I'm not. I'm not going to be disrespectful to Jamal in any way, shape, or form. Jamal. They, I don't think he, I think he's unguardable. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like his moves, his like savviness with the basketball is just yeah. like he's like an N one baller that knows how to play NBA yeah, basketball. You, you, you can't, know, you can't go wrong with either one. Yeah, honestly, so. so that is what it is. But yeah, the Warriors proved that they're the best team. Um, they got the most talent. But what sucked about that series was that Demarcus Cousins tore his quad. Um, yeah, I almost forgot about that actually. So my wow. Whole, my whole thing was like, damn, like this dude can't catch a break. And what, what's what I'm sad about with that one is his money. Yeah, he's low. So having IT, you know what I'm saying? I don't I feel like this year, like coming off the Q's injury, I was kinda nervous he's gonna re hurt it again. But for another freak accident that happened, um, you you think this year, because he only got five point three mil, I think. I feel like the way he played this year, he was probably gonna get a nice little contract, at least yeah. a minimum of twenty million dollars to another team. So DeMarcus to Brooklyn? I don't know, man. Don't and I'm and I'm starting to really think like are go? there true things such as like cancers to a team or anything like that? I don't think DeMarcus is a cancer to you a team by cancer? anybody means. Like, nah, not at this point. Like So you you have him on Brooklyn? I would have him on a team where like I feel like we could utilize him. Like, shoot, the uh the Wizards need a center. 
So what's Dooney in San Africa? About Dwight Howard? He's. I mean, I would go to the team that pays me the most money at this point. I mean, it may be with a, a, a functional organization. That All right, at least a, a playoff mindset. contending team. Yeah, that, that has a growth mindset, you yeah. know? Okay, okay. So okay. so maybe, like, if the Wizards could get it together, maybe You could go back to Sacramento. <laughs> could. You could. Could. In the wild, wild west, though? Ah. I, mean, we'll like, I feel like he'd do well if he, if he could get over to Brooklyn somewhere. Yeah. Um, last game I want to talk about before I go to round two. Um, Dane versus Russ, uh, that was probably the highlight Whew. of all highlights because for some reason, I don't know what happened, what started the beef, but they seem not to like each other. Um, so <laughs> it was pretty crazy to see um, them go back and forth. Um, if you would have told me that Dane was going to end these guys in five games, I would have been like, no, no way. Like, obviously, last year, you know, OKC lost to Utah in six. But I really thought, you know, with Paul level, with Paul George level of play, Russell Westbrook, you know, going on a triple-double tear, um, that, you know, and the fact that Nurkic got injured, I really thought that they would take them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that wasn't the case. And what I really saw was like, yo, Russ, like, I don't know if he listens to the outside noise a lot and lets that affect him, but whenever like someone makes a big story about something, he kind of like buys into it and it's like easy, easy bait. And I felt like he kind of got stuck in the mindset, yo, it's me against Damon as of as as opposed to OKC versus the Blazers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you try to do that, it's just not gonna work out. But there were a lot of other things um about that series as well, too, that I learned about. First and foremost, you gotta take the LeBron approach, you gotta take the Giannis approach where you surround your 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 star player, your franchise player with shooters. They had no shooting. You know what I'm saying? Jeremy yeah. Grant, he can knock down the shot, but he's not consistent. Adams is just like a capella, basically. He's just gonna screen for you. PG you got a nice little yeah, PG had a shoulder injury too as well, too. And then what's the point? What's the shooting guard's name with the twist in his hair? I'm blanking. Um, Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, Ferguson. He's still young. Like, he got in foul trouble every single game because he's young and the veterans just knew how to go at him, too. Yeah. So it's like, when you go off the bench, Mark, Mark, Markeith Morris came off the bench. And I feel like since he got traded so late, Billy Donovan didn't even know how to utilize him either. Yeah. Patrick Patterson didn't even play that much either. Raymond Felton really won't do nothing like that. Sabrina's had problems. Like, I think he had, like, like personal problems. So he and got he kicked this. off the team, like... Towards the end, I think after All Star, they they let him go after All Star break. Yeah, that was one of their like sniper, like that was one of their snipers. But they had lack of shooting, um, and I feel like, yeah, lack of shooting is what killed them honestly in their bench productivity, Um, and and I think their coaching too. I feel like Billy Donovan didn't really do. He's washed up. He's out of it. I think he's kind of overrated, at least for that team. I I think, and I think obviously like you got to put it on Russ too. Like, what what do they need to do to? I, I think, like I said, I think they need to reevaluate reevaluate who their franchise players are and Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook and really put shooters around them like a Giannis um, and Bucks type of team. And I okay. think they need to fire Billy Donovan. Um, and I think they really need to get a coach that Russell Westbrook can get challenged by and will also listen to as well, like a Mark Jackson. I don't know why he still doesn't have a job yet, but I Big think facts. if they get a coach like that um, and Russell Westbrook's just – Works on his jump shot, and and what still hurt me too is like what we always talk about, what we worried about, his decision making when it matters the most. Like they were up fifteen in game five, you know what I'm saying, and they had a chance to. I feel like if they won that game, they would have definitely won at home. And then game seven, just just one game to decide everything. It's a momentum um, show. But it won't just on him. PG had a couple turnovers. PG missed, you know, two free throws. So. Um, a lot of things, you know, fell on them. But at the same time, like, if you're the leader of the team, you're going to take the most blame. So yeah, And he was playing so well coming down, like, the, the stretch of the season. PG, yeah. Like, PG was, like, he was the X factor. Yeah. Like, you know. So, um, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. I think new coaching change. Um, Sam Presti, the GM, just making better moves to, you know, put more shooters around them. And and I guess I think the talent is getting okay, better. So you can get shooters, like. You should you be know. able to. You know, that's why shooters always have a job. Shooters always have a job. Always have a job. Like, point guard sometimes not, big man sometimes not, but if you're a shooter. Yeah. It sucked that Roberson didn't play because I feel like he would have definitely slowed down, like, C.J. McCollum at least. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But 
Ferguson okay. Ferguson couldn't do as much. You and you asking PG to do not only play defense but be your top rated scorer yeah. too. So it to was to be honest, he has to be he has to be their go to, right? Yeah. Russ the way the way it has to happen is Russ takes that back seat, but it's not a back seat per se, it's just the pressure yeah. as much off of him. And then PG has to be that go to because we know when PG gets going, he's damn near unstoppable. Yeah. And he can hit those big shots. Yeah. Like, you know, not saying Russ can't hit hit big shots, but He's a more consistent shooter than Russ. Mm-hmm. It sucks that PG had the, the shoulder injury too, so it impaired him in a way. But uh, well, coaching change, yeah, no yeah. Well, it was crazy. It was about to end it here. Uh, they ain't went for a fifty piece game five. Oh, what? That was a bad shot. That, I don't care. Nobody says a bad <laughs> shot. You you could say to ninety nine percent of players in the NBA who take the shot as a bad shot, but Dane player like him, player like points at a time. Yeah, you can say a player like that, I think 47 going to 50. 47. Um, a player like that, player like Steph, like, you live with that shot anyways. Um, what was that? You say you were going to tell me about something about his off-season workouts oh, and, and, so and the range itself. A Washington Post article. Um, I retweeted it, on my twi- um, retweeted it on my Twitter. You can follow me at TradeAsexIV on Twitter. But it's a Washington Post article just about how uh, Dame just – he shoots those shots like he really took over the um, took over the offseason, took initiative to to practice and strengthen his legs. Talking about how he did a lot of lower body work just to like you know get his pull up jumper from a long range deadly. Um, it's an article by Ben Glover, uh, the making of a long range assassin. How Trailblazers Damian Lillard turned bad shots into good ones with twelve months of purposeful work on mind, body, and mechanics. Uh, there's some good stuff just about – even talks about he how he trained his emotional – like he trained emotionally just to not like not get upset. He was reading books, um, how he how Damien Lillard trained. and how, There was like a drill where they would start in the corner and they would shoot 100 shots. And, you know, once you miss the shot – so you shoot consecutively and the goal is to make 100 shots. And if you miss a shot, you have to step in. And then if you missed a shot – then you have to start doing layups. And you have to switch sides. Talked about how Dane would like drain a hundred three pointers and then like step in, and he would get pissed because the whole goal was to be like not miss anything until you got like you would shoot a hundred shots, but the goal was to like get to like two hundred shots and stuff like that. And Dane would be pissed if he like missed shots, and he would go and do it again. So it's a great read by uh, Ben Glover, Washington Post. Like I said, Trade XXIV is my my Twitter name. Go check it out. Uh, go find it on Washington Post. Bet, bet, bet. And last thing I'm going to leave for that one before we get into round two. Right after he splashed that game went on, Paul George, bro, it felt like he was playing 2K and the green, the green bar just came up and you could do nothing about it. Like, that that shit was sick. <laughs> um, and the meme he has, like, I'm going to get a fr- – I'm going to get that joint framed, bro. Please. It reminded me of Super Hot, like, when he roasted and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> that shit was so funny. But later on he went on, he went on Instagram and he posted from – Sun Tzu, The Art of War. It is the unemotional, reserved, calm, detached warrior who wins, not the hothead seeking vengeance and not the ambitious seeker of fortune. Um, mic drop. Mic drop. I'm not, you, I don't even have to explain it. You know who was, who was for, but it's a life lesson, man. Slow and steady wins the race. Don't be a hothead. Don't be a hothead, man. Um, round two, round two, round two, round two. Dan, which one you want to talk about first? Uh, I kind of want to talk about Toronto Philly. Okay. Um, my predictions was Raptors in six. Um, and I looked at the first game. I actually have the box score out there. Kawhi Leonard went stupid, bro. Crazy, crazy, crazy. He went stupid. Uh, I think he went for 45 points. Um, and him, him and Siakam, I think, uh, outscored actually the Toronto, I mean the Philadelphia 76ers starting lineup, but there was really no answer for him. Um, and it's just, you know, I mean, it just pay homage to Kawhi. Uh, you know, he just ups his level every year. It's just crazy to think that he only played eight, nine games last year um, on injury load management this year, and then he just balls out in the playoffs. So, um, really, he's a hooper. He's a hooper. He's a hooper. And the, the Raptors prove why uh, they were the best, you know, one of the best teams in the East all year long. So, um, you know, obviously when you feed it off of that that home crowd, you know, shots are gonna fall and whatnot. But another thing I took away from that was I think what's gonna be key for the Raptors to win this series is 
their bench productivity. And I just feel like their bench outmatches Philadelphia's bench. Um, so that's going to be another good thing. And I feel like Brett Brown, I like Brett Brown just because he came from the Spurs. But I, I actually think Nick Nurse will be the one that makes better adjustments. And another thing is, too, the Philadelphia 76ers, although they have one of the deadliest starting five, they've only played, I think, less than 10 games together um, before the season start. I mean, before the postseason started. And another thing, obviously, Joel Embiid's battling knee tetanitis too. So we're going to see how limited he's going to be. And um, one of the best players that guards Joel Embiid the best is Marc Gasol. Um, I was actually yeah. looking at the footage from game one because we were at something to watch, so I couldn't watch the game. But <laughs> Marc Gasol was – Marc Gasol's a big body. He um, is. He's I think a lot, he's slightly – he's either the same weight or like five pounds um, more bigger than Joel Embiid. So – when you put in the block, Joel and B is not gonna have like it's not gonna be like last series with um that one center from the book of Ness. You're not gonna just have your way on his body every time. Like you actually yeah. gotta, you know, you're gonna drop a high volume of numbers, but you're gonna have to work for that. But he held him to four of sixteen. Um, and it was just crazy seeing how everything transpired as well, too. Um and then game two, uh kind of took a twist and Joel and B apparently had some stomach issues. Yeah, I, I think he had the BGs. He had the bubbly guts. Bro, take five minutes out of the game and go handle that, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Unless it's yeah. like a stomach virus. I get it, but yikes. Yeah. Um, so Philly just came out with a sense of urgency. They knew they had to steal one game on the road. And what I liked about this and what I think that's going to make them at least go six or seven with Toronto is playing through Jimmy Butler. Okay. Um, he played great. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, Jimmy's a dog, man. Jimmy's a dog. And there was actually a stat that was saying, I don't know if it's – Combined with, I think it's combined with the regular, the postseason, uh, in the regular season. I think Rachel Nichols on the jump the other day said, or today said, the last two or three seasons, um, at crucial parts of the moments down the stretch, the most clutch person is actually Jimmy Butler, which was a crazy stat. I thought it was gonna be like Kyrie or something like that, or LeBron or something like that, but no, nah, Jimmy gets it done. Like, we like sleep on Jimmy because, like, there's a lot of not theatrics, but there's a lot of like a lot of talk that comes with like when we talk about Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. and, you know, watching interviews just around Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's always like, nah, I'm a chill guy. It's just I want to play basketball. And Jimmy gets it done. And, like, not saying he does it done quietly because, again, there's a lot of media attention there. But he does it on a consistent basis, like, throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's always, like, a Kyrie Irving holler, maybe, like, some LeBron numbers or something like that. But usually when you hear about Jimmy Lee Butler, it's about Jimmy ending the game. Yeah. You know, the dagger. <laughs> yeah. And then with Jimmy, too, it's like, Obviously, like ideally, you want to go through your best player, Joel Embiid. But with Jimmy Butler, he can not only get his own bucket, but he he, he facilitates for a lot of people too. Um, but do you think they should play through Joel Embiid moving forward? Do you think they should play through um, Jimmy Butler? Like, what do you think they should do to have a chance to win this series? I'm a, a big when when it comes to like the guard play. I feel like if you have a dominant big man, why not? Why not go through somebody that has high percentage shots on the line and can relieve people that are taking more difficult shots yeah. just just so that person that has more difficult difficult shots can be more efficient or can have an easier time in a way. So, like, you know, Joey, Jimmy Butler's going to get it done. Yeah. So, like, why not go do B just to set, set that up? It's kind of like a one-two punch, you know, um, jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. And then that right hook comes and then it's a wrap. Or that left hook comes and then it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. So set them up. Just keep setting them up. Go do Embiid. Like, play through them as long as you can until we have to make adjustments. Like, playoffs is about adjustments. Once that adjust adjustment is made, then, oh, you got Jimmy Butler. Who that's, It's not like, a, oh, you got Jimmy Butler. It's like, all right, now it's go time, Jimmy, in a way. Yeah. So so I, I'm more for playing through the big men and then getting to, if you have an elite guard, getting to your elite guard. And Joey Butler, Jimmy Butler's not one of those people you have to get going. Yeah. He just, he'll be ready. Yeah. Um, But just looking at game two, the fact that the Raptors didn't play as well and they only lost by – what, five points? That's a positive sign. Um, obviously, Philly's one of the best places to play at at home. Um, they're one of the best teams to play at, at home. But I was just looking at everything because I've been following the Raptors all year. Like, Siakam, like I told you earlier on the podcast, he's been shooting damn near over – he's been shooting over 50% the whole year. And he shot like 36 37%. Like, he still had his 20-plus points, but they weren't efficient. Um, and I felt like he just rushed a lot of his shots. I don't know why. Um, so – that's not, I don't think that's going to happen again um, in a seven-game series. Their bench only combined for, like, what, three or five, like five points. Their bench has been what's what helps them build their lead or maintain their lead, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
I don't see Fred Van Fleet and Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka not playing that well again, too. Big facts. Danny Green in the shooting slump and then Marcus Saul. I think both of them combined to be like three of 10 and three of 12 from the field. I don't think that's going to happen again. So I think they're going to play with more of a sense of urgency. And I think they're going to steal game three tomorrow on, on Thursday, which is the second. Um, so we'll, we'll see what's good. But one thing I did like about Philly, though, they did um, put Ben Simmons primarily on Kawhi Leonard. So even though Kawhi is averaging 40 <laughs> these first two games, he has to exert more energy to get his buckets now, I feel like. Um, so it's, it's good that they put some length and size on him now. So I, I like that matchup, and maybe that can slow him down a little bit. But um, if Siakam steps up, their bench does what they're supposed to do. Danny Green knocks down the shot. Kyler can give you at least 10, 12 points and still do all the things that are intangible, uh, playing hard defense, facilitating for his team. I think they'll have a good shot of winning this series. Tough team all around, man, just to, to guard and to keep up with. Um, mm-hmm. Again, your X factor is you just have to – Philly has to hit shots. Yeah. Um, and play – JJ has to hit shots. Yeah. Yeah. The low, man. That's what he gets paid to do. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But you play through your superstars. You play through Joel. And you play through Jimmy. See what happens. I kind of want them just to play through Joel and take the guards and the force – guards as fours out of the game, sort of, or disrupt their momentum. But um, – It's fun watching Joel play, man. Like, he's – Again, the best big man. Modern day He's so King. skilled. Modern, modern day at King, bro. Um, going on from that, uh, I guess we can talk about uh, Blazers Nuggets. Um, we're yeah. actually watching a little bit of game two right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on that matchup as well? How many games do you think it's going to go? Obviously, <sighs> Portland. Um, well, Nuggets did what they were supposed to do in winning game one. Um, and Damian Lillard had a pretty good game. But um, how do you feel about that series right now? Um, who's the best player in that series? And where do you think it's going to end up at? The best player in that semi- series is uh, Damian Lillard. Now, uh, Jokic? Because uh, first game, Denver won 121-113. Jokic had 37-9-6. And I heard, like, when he was younger, he used to play point guard. I didn't even know that. I was saying, I was going to say close behind is Jokic. Um and it's Damn. tough because they win by committee, bro. The, they do. Those Nuggets win by committee. Yeah. And it's like, when I think about the Nuggets, I don't even think about one player. I mean, Jokers is great, but I think about like a mob of just like people that come ready to play, you know, the yeah. Murray. And then you go down the lines, like, oh, the, the Nuggets got a mob over there. Like a little AAU squad type joint, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Willie Barton, Beasley, <laughs> um, Plumlee, like you said, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Terry Craig, Paul Millsap. Down they got the a squad. So and then it's like our our our, our white knight knight in shining armor. We got Dame Lillard. So yeah. he's so, an underdog. So do you think the Nuggets have overall like from number one to number twelve or number one, number fifteen, or whatever? Do you think they have better depth overall than Portland? Of course. Yeah. Of course. So that may be the key. Um, and I think the fact that Nurkic isn't playing, I think yeah, Jokic is going to have his way with these guys. Yeah. Nurkic um, really was, it was a tough loss, and we didn't see it too much in the first series, but yeah. now <sighs> Joker. Yeah. Joker. It's a tough outing. Um, so I got – I'm just a Dane fan. I mean, they're up 50 to 35 right now. <laughs> I got Blazers and – I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got with the series, man? Um, you said Blazers. I got, I, Blazers I got Nuggets and... I got Blazers and... Nuggets and six. Blazers and six. Let's see what happens. We'll you, know, you know what, bro? I bet against Dame one time before, bro. And that's just This not, time around? Or? It's not it, bro. I think the Nuggets will be a funner matchup. You think watch. so? Against Houston or Golden State, you wouldn't. You don't think Portland, the fact that they can shoot this well and Dame being Dame? No, Dame being Dame, like Dame time, all that stuff like that, but they had the, the, the more consistent season in the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that to say I'm not going to bet against Dame again. And you say like most consistent season, like they weren't like, yeah, like back two, three games yeah. behind each yeah, other yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I said all that to say yeah. that I'm not going to bet against Dame again. Yeah. And I'll go Blazers and seven. Okay. I like that. Actually, yeah, Blazers and six for me. Um, we'll see what's good with that. If Blazers win in seven, I'll get you a bottle of wine. If the Blazers but, win six, you got to give me a bottle of wine. I don't got to be nothing expensive. It can be Aldi wine, bro. I, I, I care. I got you. I got you. My, my favorite is uh, Cabernet. 
Cabernet. You gonna yeah. text me that? Yeah, Cabernet. Seven or six. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and the Nuggets win. We got <laughs> Nuggets win. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that we'll later. Talk about, we'll talk about it for another time. We'll talk about it for another time. Um, Bucks Celtics. Uh, damn, I just love the East matchups in general, man. Like these were the final four teams that I predicted that were going to be there, and this is what I want to happen. And I, and I thought I thought that the the Pacers were going to mess up everything and get that fourth seed. Um, but obviously, when Victor Oladipo, um, you know, got hurt, they sl- they slid to the fifth, and Boston went to the fourth. Um, first game, though, the Blazers, or not the Blazers, the Celtics smacked the Bucks. Um, and the main thing I thought what it was was one, I felt like the level of competition was different. Obviously, fifth seed is always going to more than likely be better than the eighth seed. Um, and I just felt like I told you all year the Pacers had a better defensive team, and I felt like. I felt like the Pistons just—I don't think they're that good. Um, and the fact that you don't oh. have Blake Griffin, like you're gonna have your way with them, and they blew them out. I think every single game. So I felt like the fact that the Bucks didn't really have any competition when they finally played competition, they kind of thought they were too cool with everything. They actually got punched in the mouth. Um, and credit to Al Horford. Al Horford is one of the best defenders we've seen in a while from the big man spot. Yeah. Like he took, how yeah. tall is Al Horford? Like he's, he's like, like six nine, six ten at six most. nine, six ten. But he he plays seven foot he people plays, all the time. Yeah, he played. He's versatile. Like he's yeah. a defender. Yeah, and we, he shoots. He's, yeah. he's a stretch. He's a stretch four or five. Yeah, and then he blocked. Um, he blocked homie twice. Remember that? Yes, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, Giannis like. It was weird kind of how they kind of played him because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take it to the basket and then I'm going to kick it out to him. But it's like the way they played him, they came to trap him so like kind of late where he couldn't make that decision that fast. Yeah. Um, but, but I loved it, too. Um, he really got exposed a little Brass bit, too. Yeah. Um, but it's like a soft, like a soft, uh, like a net in a way. It's like, all right, just like precaution wise, see what happens, see what happens. All right. Now threat is realized. Now let's uh let's go get Giannis in in, in, a, in a trap way, mm-hmm. and it's big because you know Giannis penetrate into the rack is their offense. Yeah. So and then him the the most pivotal point like you just said is him making that that very necessary very uh crucial pass. Yeah. That he might have to make if he has to get rid of the ball. He usually doesn't have to get rid of the ball. He didn't have to get rid of the ball at all in that first series. You know, nah, it was nah. like. To the rack dunk, to the rack dunk. dunk. <laughs> you know, like, and now it's like you have to force somebody that's so used to getting his way to get rid of the ball. Either one, people are not going to hit shots, or two, maybe he'll make the wrong decision, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he's not the same kind of guard, per se, that Ben Simmons is. Straight up like that. So you want to play your strengths against their weaknesses and keep it going. And that's Brad Stevenson is, uh, is going crazy. Yeah, and the Celtics actually finally look like the team. Game one looked like they looked like the team that we thought they were supposed to be all to year long. Um, but it's crazy. Like, uh, I'm still, I still don't know who's going to win this series yet. I mean, I said a little earlier on, um, Bucks and seven, okay. but I got, I think I want to see one more game and then I'll decide who wins that series. Um, and then game two, Bucks played with a sense of urgency, man. Um, they came out and did their thing. Uh, I think they, they blew them out, right? They won 123 to 102. Right. Um, they were just hitting threes and I, I like how they kind of, because uh, Giannis didn't really play that well in the first half, so Chris Middleton had to pick up the slack as well too. But it was good to because it was good to see Chris Middleton actually play like all star. I think he splashed seven threes. Blesso gave you a little Cash. bit. Brook Lopez, Miritich gave you a little bit. Then Giannis gave you like two or three threes. So they've been the best three point shooting team all year long. So if they, I think they should just keep playing the way they play, um, and they're they're going to be very tough to beat. But Giannis has to find a way to stay involved as well too. And I think. Um, they'll put themselves in a good position, man. But I was curious because I know last year Terry Rozier was basically cooking Eric Bledsoe the whole time. So I was a little worried about that. But he kind of proved that he got better from last year. He learned from all that. And then George Hill has actually been playing pretty damn good off the bench as well, too. Like, where was that when he was with LeBron, man? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, where was that at? Where was that at? Um, but, yeah, uh, I think Brogdon is supposed to come back. 
either game three or game four. That would be huge for the Bucks. Now, do you think he well. should start right away? Um, no, I come you think bench. he's going to be in a minute restriction, come off the bench? Like, what do you think that is the best option If he's effective, you start, but maybe come off the bench and, like, get him going against the second team. Mm-hmm. Granted that the second team doesn't mean – The Celtics has, 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 has a strong – Hayward, yeah. Morris, yeah. Rozier. Depending on how Baines. he's playing. We don't know how he's playing right now. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, he's the only player this year that had 50, 40, 90. Um, and he's very efficient. Plays pretty damn good perimeter defense against guards, too, and can knock down the three at the high clip. Catch and shoot, I think he shoots 52% from three. Um, all around great player. All around great player. UVA so, guy. UVA guy. So uh, I got the last. I have to wait for game three, but since it's right now in the moment, um, I love the Celtics and what they're doing right now, but Bucks and seven. Yeah. Bucks and seven. I'm going Celtics and six. In six? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. We might have to be like skipping Shannon about some bets some Mountain Dew. I'm like, nigga, shut about up. some Mountain Dew on a yeah, like, partner. Oh yeah, like shut up, bro. But a coke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Celtics and seven. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then last but not least, um, Warriors Rockets. What yeah, everyone's so been waiting for. 2-0 right now. Warriors are up 2-0. Oh, Warriors are up 2-0 right now. And it's crazy. First game, Rockets lost by four. Second game, Rockets lost by six. So, Do you think that there's a uh, that the refs should be held accountable for the outcome of game one? Yeah, definitely. Um, just looking back at the tape, uh, there are a lot of calls where the players didn't get a chance to fully land vertically coming down um and you're supposed to give them that space so a lot of calls could should have went their way and that could have helped them win the game as well too um and then you had like little plays like Steph Curry they had that two-minute report saying he was supposed to be fouled out and he pushed James Harden actually fouled him too then Gordon Hayward I'm not Gordon Hayward Eric Gordon got fouled by Steph Curry um when it was like a a one possession game when like a couple seconds ago as well too so I think the refs did have something to do with it but at the end of the day like you can't control what the refs are going to do, so you just got to go out there and play, you know what I'm saying? So, Big facts. But if it was any game to win, if they lose the series and they look back at it, if it was any game to win, it would have been game one. Um, so we'll see what's good with that. And what's crazy about game two, what's crazy about game two is, like, James Harden, like, he injured his eye, and he was, like, 0-3 before he, when he left. And when he came back, he ended up being, like, 50% from the field, ended up with, like, 30 points. Um, I need to see James Harden play like regular season James Harden. And that's when I was telling you, like, there's certain players that just up the level of play from the regular season to the postseason. Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, KD. You can't go outside. We see these, dude, we see these dudes up the level. James Harden, you average, what, 36? Yeah. In the regular season, like, I need to see a signature game from you, and I haven't seen that yet. So I think the refs going into game three are going to – give the advantage towards the Rockets because I think the NBA wants to make as much money as they can. So this shit is going to find a way to go to seven games. But Chris Paul hasn't even had a signature game yet either. Capella mm-hmm. hasn't even been playing that well either. Um, and the fact that they made exponentially more threes than than the than the Warriors and they still lost and they had more foul calls actually their way 25 to 24 or 25 to 20 or whatever. That's kind of crazy. So the biggest thing for them is to remain the same team that they are, but just take better care of the ball, too. Mm-hmm. I think if they do that, um, they're going to put themselves in position to play well. But I need to see a signature game from two of their all-star caliber players. And um, I expect their role players to step up. So I think Cam Farid's going to have a good game. And I think um, Gerald Green's going to have a good game as well, too. My shot kind of stuck up game, too. But when you when you at home and you and you sleep in your own bed and, you, and the crowd's behind you, um, I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be good. But what's kind of alarming is last year, yeah, they won seven games, but we forget that obviously Chris Paul went down. Yeah, Iggy went down too. Yeah, Iggy's a part of that Hampton Five, which used to be the deaf lineup. Obviously, they swapped out Harrison Barnes for KD, but uh, that Hampton Five was kind of giving the Rockets a little bit of trouble too. <sighs> so the thing is, what's your prediction? For the series, um, I okay. So I always do this bullshit like skip. You be like, ah. um, 
I don't know if it's, a, it's because I want to see something different, but I still feel like even though the Warriors have this much talent, I still think the Rockets – I still think the Rockets are going to find a way to win this series. Warriors in five. Oh, you're sick. Warriors in five. If anything, six. Warriors in five. If, if anything, is six. Five games. Five? Five games is all it's going to take. Yes. The defending champions. The Monstars. Nah. Warriors in five. And Steph Curry just hurt his hand. It's only going to get worse from here on out. Rockets. Pockets. Pop Rockets. You need the cigarette. Blow Pops. Right Warriors in five. It don't matter. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think the Rockets are going to find a way to win this series in seven games. Um, I just feel like I feel like this is just the year that the Warriors find a way to lose, man. I think I truly think the Rockets are going to win game three and four. Uh, Warriors take game five. Rockets take game six at home, and then game seven, we finally we finally see that signature game from Harden, bro. The the Warriors are gonna get them out of the way so fast. We're gonna listen back to this podcast. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. You're gonna realize how look, look, look crazy you sound. I sound a little bit outlandish. That's you fine. sound outlandish. I sound very outlandish, and I, and, I, and I'll accept that. Here's the like, pocket. Dude, look at the first two You're games. You're over there. Though. Look at the first two games though. Four points, six points. If they take care of the ball, because they've been shooting the three ball way better than them. If they take care of the ball and their turnovers, they will win these games. Go through. They're not gonna come back from through. Oh, that, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if they if they lose game three, it's over. Okay, it that's be, what's gonna happen. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I really think like you remember when the Cavs. Um, obviously they lost four one when KD first joined, but the first they they lost the first two games and then I think they were down three zero right, mm-hmm. and then game four the refs were just O D like towards giving all the foul calls to Cleveland. I think that's how it's going to be. One of those games where, like, I think you're going to see, like, Steph Curry getting foul trouble early, another person getting foul trouble early, and then Houston just making a lot of threes. Um, so I think they're going to win game three. And like I said, game four, they're going to win that too. And then it's just going to go back and forth from there. But maybe I'm crazy. I'm, I am crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. But yeah, I mean, crazy. I mean, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to Vince Carter. Uh, he's coming back for yet another season. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, half man, half amazing. I think this is year what twenty twenty one or something. Like yeah, that. he's been in the league for two decades. I don't even think I could say a complete sentence when he came into the league. <laughs> like, no, twenty and thirty years. So to twenty. He's years. been through I think four different eras of basketball already. Yeah. Let me start. Uh, ninety had to be like ninety five, ninety six, or something like that. If I was being thought of, I was probably like, uh, oh, shit, we're having a baby at that point. <laughs> but Yeah, that's actually crazy. Yeah, bro. Um, but, yeah, shout out to him. I don't know if he's going to stay in the Hawks or just go to the team, like you said, that pays him the most. But I would definitely try to win a championship. But at this point in his career, like, he's just doing it for the love of the game at this point. So I don't think he championships matter to him. Nah. He's already proved what he had to prove. So that's that. But, man, these playoffs have been exciting. Round um, two. Round two has been exciting. It's just going to get even better from here on out. You know, I'm going to uh, watch the rest of this Portland game, <laughs> you know, see Dame go off, CJ go off, and all them boys. So um, another fun-filled episode. Once again, thank you guys for listening to not one, not two, not three, not four, but episode 50. So I wish it was 54. So <laughs> but thank you guys for listening to episode 50 of the season show. I really appreciate you guys. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. This is this is like a, this is a little chill one, you know what I'm saying? Just something something to keep you afloat, you know what I'm saying? If you're having a stressful day, you, you're at work, you're driving, you're working out, definitely put this on right here. Um, I promise you, you will not be upset about it. And it's only, you know, nothing but, you know, positivity. Any, any last words you want to say, Trey? Uh yeah, just t- big big congratulations, big uh um big kudos to everybody that's graduating this season, whether it be high school, college, or anything that you're you're you know you you're completing in life and going on to the next chapter. Uh, definitely shout out to my man uh Marcellus Perkins, a cello little dude that from across the street. You already know what's going on. Uh, Holy Cross graduate that uh you know turned some negatives into positives and uh, wrote a story on paper and manifested it in actual real life. Uh, he has a radio show called The Back Room up at Holy Cross that he's been doing for four years. Now he's on the bigger and better things, you know, uh, in the community and Holy Cross and life in general. So shout out Solo Perkins and uh, hey, we're going to be up for you uh, end of this month, man. So kudos to you, bro. Love you.
Yeah, yeah. Just build off of that. Um, definitely everyone in the whole nation, whole world, whatever. All you guys graduating um, this is a major step. You know, you're about to go into adult life. My advice is if you can, definitely take some time off. Um, you deserve that. And then really try to figure out, you know, even more of who you are as a person and, um, you know, look at everything that you actually love and give yourself time to focus on that. Because when you get into that workforce, it's very, very tough to balance, you know, that nine to five with mixed with your passions. But if you can create a routine and build a good habit um, and surround yourself with that good talent and just only be on that positive vibes, only shout out to Nipsey Hussle one time, um, you, you put yourself in a good position to be successful. So that's my two cents I want to add to that. Yeah. You know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening to episode 50 of the Caesar Show, available on all major platforms. Go check it out. We out. Peace. Thank you.